0: Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, Shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America.
1: I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Welcome to another episode of
0: Stop the Killing. Uh... I haven't actually caught up with you since I got back from CrimeCon in Orlando. Uh, How was you- it? Was it fun? It was really well. I mean, it sounds fun's the wrong word, isn't it? For for CrimeCon in a way, but meeting up with the you know the podcasters and friends that is definitely fun. It's great, and also meeting people that listen to the show. And I have to say, you were missed because we had both been at Las Vegas last year for CrimeCon, mm-hmm. and then this year. We actually had people that had come back, mm. and one of them, I wonder if you'll remember this woman. Who I remembered her as soon as she said her name because she's got a really beautiful name. Her name's Charisma, and she oh, we know her. You remember Charisma? Ah, huh. she spoke to us for probably oh, I don't know, quite a while when we were in Vegas, and she was, I think she was a young mum and had you know lots of concerns and fears around school safety and things like yeah. that. Yeah. You'd be so proud. She was like, you have to tell Catherine I did a stop the bleed training. Uh, She's literally been, yeah, like upskilling, 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 and feels a lot less fearful. So that was I'm really so close. happy to
1: hear that. Oh, that's so fantastic. You know, I never thought when you um harassed me into having this podcast that <laughs> <You'll> giggle um, <laughs> that we that we would have this kind of uh, impact. Just
0: over the last month, I can tell you we've had three really impactful communications from people. One of them was from that assistant principal who had swung into action and had actually stopped a real imminent threat in her school. The second one was from a listener who had been an accountant and had listened to the podcast for a while. And because he'd been listening and listening and listening, had actually decided to retrain and is now a 911 dispatcher a wow. Complete career change, isn't that incredible? Wow! Wow! <laughs> so that was cool.
1: That's um, very it was, cool.
0: It was very cool, and also there was one more who's actually a Patreon of ours, Emily, and she's going to also be coming on and talking about the impact she has had on her school community and on our community at large.
1: This is anonymous reporting, right? Anonymous
0: reporting systems, like honestly, crazy. I mean, I have been going through similar things in my neighborhood and I just bow down to people who can make such change and it isn't without effort. So I think it's going to be super insightful to have these people on discussing their steps.
1: And you know what, Sarah? The other thing that to me is for everybody listening is the impact. Recognize that one person can have such an impact. And, and, you know, we say that a lot of different ways for a lot of different situations. But here are examples of how one person made a decision to be engaged, involved, an upstander. That's so exciting.
0: I know. I didn't didn't know about the
1: 911 operator. That's fascinating because, you know, there's such a shortage of 911 operators. And it's such an important, important uh, bridge between Mm. an emergency and first responders. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating to
0: hear. So if you've got a story of how listening to the podcast, you've changed things in your community or just in your daily practices, we'd love to hear from you. And
1: I will be at CrimeCon both in the U.K. and in the U.S. this year.
0: (laughs) There's big fighting talks from Catherine Schweit. Brilliant. Puts it on the table. Okay. Uh, So we get the double combo. That's that's news to me. I'm excited about that. (laughs) It's um, on the calendar. Yay. That's fantastic. I know that the US crime con is in eight no, is it in June. May. Next year's Crime Con in the US is going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. So Very exciting. And,
1: and then, London is September uh twenty one, twenty two. That's what I have.
0: Awesome. And you know, Always check our show notes because we all have links to tickets Mm -hmm. and there's always a discount code in there as well that you can use. But what I was going to say is the other thing that I did at CrimeCon, which I think we can extend to our listeners here, is I had done a little bit of research on YouTube after talking to lots of YouTubers at Mm -hmm. CrimeCon in London and in the US. And, you know, having had that discussion, we were saying there's a lot of, People that are not podcast listeners. And YouTube is another way to reach an entirely different audience. And interestingly enough, when I looked back at our YouTube, which is very small at the moment, hopefully not for long, it's more male listeners. So, what I did at CrimeCon was I was asking people to subscribe to the YouTube channel so that we can get Stop the Killing, even if you do not listen or watch anything on YouTube. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is actually called at Sarah Ferris Media, and I will put the links in the show notes, what that will do is pump the algorithm out and we're going to get more eyes on Stop the Killing. So please go and subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button. And we're putting up all of the videos on there as well. So you'll be able to watch the videos of the interviews that we do and all of our episodes. So there you go. You
1: can see how crazy we sound. If the crazy matches the faces. Exactly. Exactly. But we hope not too much. But I do think that's nice to uh try different platforms. And the whole concept here is get the word out mm-hmm. because we are changing the world, girlfriend. Changing the world. Changing <laughs> gonna, the world.
0: Exactly. One nine one one dispatcher at a time. Exactly.
1: I like it. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, lots of admin today, but um that's because we haven't really caught up. Let's check into the real guts of this episode because it's something that I have been dying to ask you about. You had put on your LinkedIn a little snippet that you had been on. Well, I guess it was CNN
1: or uh, was it a US? I never one knew of those. It. One of those news stations. It was Jeez. actually CBS, but that's okay. Oh right, right. CBS starts with a you C. Know. Starts with a C.
0: <laughs> there's <laughs> always a B. There's always a C. There's always an N. I never know. (laughs) But uh, basically, bottom line, Catherine's face was up on the screen and the tagline was a headline about a kidnapped child story. And I was like, right, next time I hit record,
1: I need to know uh, this story. So Uh, this is a story about everybody has to be alert all the time. And so I I I need
0: more alertness in my life. Yes,
1: you need to be alert all the time. There was a a young lady, uh, a very young lady recently, and she is out on her bike with her friends. They're in a state park camping. She and her friends are biking in the middle of the day, and they are doing what nine-year-old girls do. They circle something and circle it and circle it and circle it, and she decides when they're going to stop, that she wants to circle around the campground one more time by herself. Cause she's a big girl and you know, you can trust me, mom. I'll be careful. I won't get hit by a car kind of conversation. Anybody who's a parent has had these conversations oh, with your kid. God, yeah. So she is out on her bike. She decides she's going to just do a one once around. So this is actually why the news uh, agency called me. They're like, Oh my gosh, can you come on and talk about kidnappings? And I was like, well, I can, sure. Because the FBI, kidnapping is one of the oldest federal charges that the FBI investigates. Now, one of the oldest, oldest is sedition and treason, which you could expect is not a surprise
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: sedition and treason is, you know, complete conspiracy to overthrow a government. Think about what happened in the United States in the 1880s. So... Not surprisingly, what what are we dealing with from our January sixth stuff that occurred? More than a thousand people charged with sedition, seditious com- conspiracy here in the United States. That's what some of the charges are against wow. some of the most egregious offenders.
0: I hadn't um, even clocked that. I was like, oh, that's such a kind of antiquated, you know, King Henry the Eighth kind of treason, off with his head stuff. You wouldn't it is, expect it is. To.
1: So, Sedition. Yeah. Right. And, and it's so old. So I'm telling you this, I'm really getting to the kidnapping, but you know me by now to know that eventually <laughs> I'm gonna get we're going there.
0: on a little segue. I like it. Get, so, on, get on board, so,
1: people. So under federal uh, statutes, so this is a little good tip for true crime people. Every case in the FBI has three segments to the case number. It has the number of the crime that's being investigated. That's the first digits, then it has Two letters that signify what field office is running that investigation, and then it has a unique number at the end for that field office, so that every case in the FBI can be tracked worldwide. And but when you look at the case number, you know what kind of case it is. Ooh. So sedition and treason are so old that their actual investigative number is like two and three. <laughs> I think one of the first things that we ever had ever worked to investigate, as opposed to, you know, fast forward to 2001, when 9-11 happened, that was a 265 case, 265th type of a criminal investigation that was created that we were responsible for.
0: So So where does kidnapping sit then? If you're saying that's quite early, we're talking
1: teens? What are we looking at? I'm really testing you. Seven. Ah. Seven. See, although I did like the way you said, I'm really testing you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I thought you wouldn't know that, but clearly uh, not. Oh, yeah. of like is it like I'm an FBI thing? agent.
1: Yeah. No, I worked seven cases. I worked uh, kidnapping cases. Is that what they call so, them then? Do you kind of have yeah, the link? No, we yeah, they're sevens. So yeah, do you know what a bank robbery is?
0: 91.
1: Quite a low number. Armed bank robbery 91A. Can I just um
0: segue into a different question? We're doing a lot of like a roundabout <laughs> sure. here, but I'm just sure, curious. We
1: because we have we are in a meandering trail through this <laughs> okay.
0: Well, You can tell we haven't talked for a while because we're just yeah. like covering off every which way we can. But just tell me, what's the weirdest one that you would be like?
1: Why is that in the low numbers? Oh, it's in the low numbers? Oh, there are some just uh weird things that are kind of uh, financial or white collary crimes. You know in the world of crime. For centuries, drugs was not a crime. It was all governed by medical laws. You know, it's like physicians and your pharmacists and how they dispensed drugs. There were no criminal charges. So the criminal numbers are a lot later. What is number one? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. You've never worked a one case? I guess I haven't. It might be treason, though, but I'll have Mm -hmm. to look it up for you. Why is kidnapping... Such an early case for the FBI. Ooh, I'm going to say Lindenberg. <laughs> I'm just—you're very—you're <laughs> very close. You're, you're combining Charles Lindbergh with the Hindenburg, but you're very close. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a really early kidnapping <laughs> case that was famous, and I just—I just went out on a limb you, and mixed. You were so up. close. Thank you're, you very I'm, much. You know what i'm I'm giving you the win on that one. you were so close, that was that yes, was. Charles Lindbergh, you're right, Charles Lindbergh was a very famous right pilot, one of the first you know he 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 set all kinds of records crossing here and there so all these records in the air, and he was very well known, very famous not just here in the states but across the world for his amazing records that he set and crossing the Atlantic and things like that. And his child was kidnapped out of his home, out of his home. And kidnapping at the time was a state crime. So there was no what we call federal nexus. There was no reason for the federal investigators to get involved, except for that the federal investigators were going to get involved because Charles Lindbergh was so famous. So the FBI, you know, uh, got engaged, involved in trying to solve this mystery. And in the process, Congress passed a law making kidnapping a federal crime in certain instances, I guess is the right way to say it.
0: I still feel like we need to have a little pause and just take a moment to establish the fact that I guessed that correctly. You've just swiped over that like it wasn't anything. I mean, I got I, the name wrong, but are you not kind of shocked that I got that
1: right? I am. You're pretty close. If you didn't know about the Hindenburg, you would have been there. It would have been good. When we when think about missing people, there's missing adults, then there's missing children. If there are missing adults, they certainly can be kidnapping, right? Or they yeah. could just be walkaways, or they could be people who are murdered and we can't find them, right? So they're just missing. Or people who choose to uh, disappear uh, from their community. But when it's a child, when it's a minor, there's an assumption, right, that the, that the child didn't make the choice to do that except when it comes to teenage girls or teenage boys, did they choose to walk away? And even if they did walk away from a home, uh, is that the right thing? You still look for them anyway. But when you layer on top of missing and exploited children, which is how we would refer to them in the States, it's not just the question of they're missing. It's were they missing because they walked away? Were they missing because they're being exploited? Like somebody picked them up and now they convinced some girl to get in their car and now they're forcing her into prostitution yeah Missing and exploited children, right, or straight up kidnapping, and then when you steal a child or an adult and you intend to return them or let them be returned or pretend you're going to return them, but you in- in fact murder them, those are the few handful of kidnapping cases that we see in the United States. So when I said I worked kidnapping cases, in fact, I would guess most agents have had exposure work in kidnapping cases, which seems surprising because you don't hear about them very often
0: no. I remember one of my favorite episodes we did was when you talked about your kidnapping case that you had solved with I think it was an eighty eight year old I might put a link to that in the show notes because yeah. if you haven't listened to it, it's one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done.
1: Well, um, it was it, well we did they recorded that a while ago, but, mm. probably the case that I'm most proud of working in the United States, most exactly. my twenty years in the FBI when I'm the most proud of working
0: yeah, it was an emotional episode. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it? Well, StubForge.com is here to change that. Imagine this tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal because each ticket from StubForge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game, or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything, from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements, or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. Lay the table again for, you know, the case that we're talking about particularly today. Just to refresh our memory since we've gone around the around the squares. Sure.
1: So there's a young lady and we have her name now, but I'm disinclined to use her name. We had her name because they were looking for her, right? She was a missing child. And so we know she was nine and her picture was up and we saw her name. I'm going to call her Mary, which is not her name. And yes, you can find it in the news and that's all fantastic for you. But I think that, you know, as our listeners are aware, we're very keen to protect anybody who's involved in a crime because we always want to respect that it's about solving and preventing crimes in the future. And it's not about exploiting victims. And so, so this young lady, Mary was camping with her family in a state park and uh, she was with a whole bunch of people. As I mentioned, she was riding her bike. And this is a really popular in the near, not far from the capital of New York. So you know, very populated area, very popular park that she was riding her bike in with her friends. It was close to dinner time, and the sun's beginning to kind of set her earlier as as we get closer to winter. And so I think it was getting dark. She'd been called back to the campsite. She decided to go one more timer on the park, and so she departed from her friends. And then I would say about half an hour. After that, it became apparent that she should have been back from that one loop. And you know that feeling as a parent mm-hmm. yeah. when suddenly, where's your child? And we've all had that. I had a rule when I was with the kids if I had to write a check, you know, you have to use both your hands to write a check in a store back in the old days when you'd write checks. I had a rule with my kids that they had to hold my clothing so I knew they were there. That's a great such a, rule. That's such a, great a paranoid
0: rule. mom. Yeah, no, you know, I think that's most moms, we're always paranoid about that.
1: So these parents who are obviously, you know, fortunate able to take their kids to go camping, how fun that is, and they live, you know, not too far away, they quickly come to the realization that their daughter is not there and why didn't she come back around? And so within about half an hour, half an hour 30 minutes, they realize she hasn't made the loop on time.
0: I can feel that rising panic for those parents, how horrific. Right,
1: exactly. Because you know what you do instinctively, Mm. you start walking the route, right? She's got to be coming towards me. Maybe she just got distracted. Mm -hmm. So they start, you know, walking the route backwards and they don't see her and they find her bike. Oh, that's just horrible. Yeah. They find her bike. And then you know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Even if you can't say it aloud, you know right away. And they, of course, reach out to the police right away, and they begin this massive manhunt for this young lady. And there are hundreds of volunteers and police officers who begin scouring, thinking about where she could be and how far away she could be. They estimate uh, there were about 400 people who were looking for her in the first, and I say in the first, because in the first 24 hours, she was missing more than 24 hours. Oh my gosh. Now I'm going to say this because, um, you know, I did this story for the news. And I want to tell the listeners that the girl is alive. But time is so important because in most of these types of kidnapping cases, the child is not alive after 72 hours. Yeah, that's the
0: fact that you hear a lot on
1: even just like TV crime shows. So that's a real statistic. Right. You know, it goes to the motivation of the person who kidnapped the child, yeah. right? What is their motivation? What are they trying to do? And so when she's taken, which is turns out she was taken by someone, they are looking for, okay, where could she possibly be? And they expand their search to like 45 miles. Wow. Uh, yeah, they're looking That's- in this huge area, right? Yeah.
0: Is that a old park or is that 45 miles? You're into.
1: Right. So, Residential yeah. okay. neighborhoods. They have. And you know what? When we're looking for somebody in a situation like this, we literally grid it out in the command post. I'm sure these listeners are sophisticated and have heard the term triangulation mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. cell phone towers. If you're looking for a cell phone number, for instance, you can use cell phone towers to like three of them to triangulate the area triangulate meaning it's in a triangle where that phone might be pinging and if we get a ping on a phone we know that that person is in that area depending on where the towers are and i i mean as an FBI agent i have been in lines like the whole line of people where we walk across an empty field hoping we're not going to walk onto the body we're looking for right i mean it's it's very sobering but part of an important job that you do so that you make sure that no stone goes unturned, no evidence gets missed. Everything is looked at. You know, if you're looking for a nine-year-old child in a house, like, where do you look?
0: Under the bed, in the cupboard.
1: Yeah, you look any place where you can find a child, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I lost a really horrible case once about a dead child. And involved a refrigerator at court case. That was when I was a prosecutor, but you look any place where you can find a child, right? For whatever the size of that child is, and however they can be, you know, packed up, we, we look in that space. And so you grid out and make sure that you look. And I always taught my children, you know, when you send your kids to go get something, can you go get my, you know, scissors from the room? And then they come back and they, go, I don't know where they are. And so I always taught my children from an early age, looking involves your eyes and your hands. 'Cause you have to move things potentially, right? You have to open a door, you have to, you know, move newspapers yeah. I mean, newspaper
0: I don't want to be stereotypical, but you could run a course in my house just for the males. That would be quite helpful.
1: Oh, I could do that. <laughs> I'm come I have to come and train, but I generally charge expenses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think by the stuff that you recover just from making them learn those techniques, it'll be paying it'd, for itself. It'd
1: be worth it'd be worth it. Yeah. It'd be worth it. So time is so of the essence when you work a kidnapping case, you just know that everything is about time and you never want to leave it. And I'm sure that the hundreds of volunteers and the law enforcement first responders who are working fire and, and emergency people who are working this matter in upstate uh, New York were feeling that at that moment, they have a nine-year-old child and every moment you're thinking, is she alive? is she okay? Because it isn't that she might have walked away. And when you're there, every minute is just so intense because every hour that goes by, you know, is getting closer to all this magic time when when people might disappear and you might never see them again. So when it gets to be 24 hours, you're like, oh my gosh, this is not good.
0: What's the marker at 24 hours? So 72 hours is that
1: Really, I don't want to say 72 hours is a marker, like it's a guarantee, but the number before that is six hours. Oh, okay. What happens at six hours statistically? I don't have the statistics in my head, but a huge percentage of kidnapped children within six hours are killed. If they're just kidnapped, but you know, the motivations and why people kidnap, right? It's really hard to know. So. If some child is snagged off the ground, why is she snagged, right? Mm-hmm. It could be because somebody, it wants to assault them, right? Yeah. Um, it could be because somebody wants a ransom, right? And once you eliminate, you know, ransom, why would the person who kidnaps the child keep yeah. the child? Yeah. There's only a couple of reasons. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's the reality of what it's like yeah. to be an FBI agent. You know, there's only bad and worse
0: Say you're in that case and you've got all of those branches that you kind of have to close Mm -hmm. off
1: each time.
0: Do they run in parallel? It has to
1: run in parallel. Yeah. It has to run in parallel that this could just be a random killing. Yeah. You know, this could be a child who ran away. This could Mm -hmm. be a child who fell asleep underneath the ironing board at the house. This could be a pedophile who's driving through the area. I mean, there's just so many things. So, you focus on the details of the facts you have and you search for the child. That is very singular in nature. But as you search for the child, you get more evidence, right? So Mm. they find the child's bike. Chances are the parents pick the bike up, which from an evidence standpoint, we'd rather them not, but it's instinctive that they would, right? That's like, oh my gosh, that's Mary's bike. And so they grab the bike and they pull it. But we'd kind of like to see where is it? Where was it found? How was it found? So actually this is an extraordinary case in so many ways because they are looking and looking and looking and 36 hours after she's reported missing at 4:20 in the morning law enforcement has eyes on a house where the parents live. What? The parents live over here, yeah. Right? But they're camping over there. Yeah. But law enforcement is sharp. And law enforcement immediately puts eyes on the parents' house.
0: What? I do not know where this is going. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat where this is going. So why?
1: I mean, yeah, like, why would you do that? The parents are at this park in upstate New York with the child. 4.20 in the morning... A car drives by and drops an envelope into the mailbox at the parent's house. Interesting. Okay. Well, now I'm thinking ransom. Ransom note. Wow. Okay. Ransom note. So now we have taken a very sharp turn, right, on those options for what this might be. Yeah. We still don't know if the child is alive, but we know that whoever took her has decided to ransom her. Mm,
0: so many questions. Like, is it premeditated? Like, have they targeted the child?
1: And how did they know the child's address, address. home address? Exactly. Right?
0: Like, it feels like there's a layer of something that's been planned here.
1: Actually, the uh, a most extraordinary part about this case is that it appears to be a crime of opportunity. He was planning to do something, Right? But I think that he had the opportunity to get the nine-year-old off the bike at that time. Now, uh-huh. what we also know from an investigative standpoint is that it's very likely that he was in the park looking for a victim. So this is my first message to parents is try to always keep your eyes on your children. I know that's we say that all the time. Everybody says that. But it is such a fleeting moment. When somebody is planning, it's not a coincidence, right? If somebody is planning potentially to kidnap a child or uh, assault a person who's running on the path, they're already there. They're looking for the right victim. So Mm -hmm. don't be the victim. That's what this tells us. Circumstances came together because you can't know when there is somebody out there stalking for their next victim. That's what's out there. As I always say, don't be the slowest one running from the bear. You know, you don't want to be that person. So in this case, 24 hours later, surprisingly, we are looking at a note. So they're going to go into that mailbox with gloves and they carefully take out whatever is put in there. And in fact, it turns out that it is a ransom note. Right. And it's a ransom note from a man. We know it's a man because he brilliantly leaves his fingerprints on the paper.
0: Oh, wow. But also if they've had eyes on the house, did they see the car and whoever dropped it off? No. Okay. I don't think
1: they got, I think they weren't able because of the darkness and everything. Yeah. They weren't able to tag it in, in the circumstances. I don't know exactly. Yeah. They discover this note and they run the prints and they find out they have a match. And so what does that mean? Because not everybody in the world is fingerprinted. Not every even people who are fingerprinted for different things those are different types of fingerprint databases so even if your prints are taken they're not taken in 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 and anybody can search any fingerprints it's like okay. dna there's so different it's like
0: a, a level of like crime that he's committed
1: right exactly he's in this database that has fingerprints for criminals mm-hmm. and It rolls up that, in fact, he has committed some crimes before. And then it is a really kind of a matter of, again, more kind of frantic police work to say, okay, where could he be, right? And they get an address on him, and they go to that house. He is there. They get permission to search. And remember what I said about where do you look for a child? She's in a cupboard, stuffed in a cupboard, alive. What? What? stuffed in a cupboard unbelievable. alive
0: unbelievable oh, unbelievable
1: awake and alive oh the poor we do. the poor we happiest day of those law enforcement officers oh, lives, i'm telling you yeah. right now right yeah law enforcement comes to the scene when something bad happens you go to a scene and you recover a child and take her back to her mom and dad happiest day right so they went in less than 72 hours right 36 hours After she was found missing, he drops this note off in their family home. So he probably got the address from her. You know, where do you live? Now, the parents had not gone home. They had stayed at the campsite looking for the child. They didn't want to leave the last place where their child saw them.
0: Understandable. Yeah, Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense,
1: but doesn't to him, clearly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he was thinking they would just abandon things and, and take off. So yeah, so that's kind of where we are right now with this uh, little girl we're going to call Mary. To get a, a child back alive is fantastic, right? Yeah. Um, the subject is in jail. He's been charged with kidnapping in the first degree, and there will be probably other charges, but he intended to get money and ransom her. And the scary part is that even when it's a ransom, it's possible that the victim stays alive longer, but when a subject gets a victim's ransom money, then he doesn't need the victim anymore, right? And so that's why it's more important that we find the kidnapper, because we want to make sure that they don't harm the person they've kidnapped.
0: Wow. What a story of amazing police work. Um, yes, yes. Amazing police work. Amazing police work. And obviously, yeah, a little bit of a keep your eyes on your little ones warning.
1: Yeah. When CBS called and said, can you come on and talk about kidnappings? That was really one of the things that the anchor asked me, you know, was, well, what's your advice to parents? And, you know, my advice to parents is to be overly paranoid. When you can pick up a child and carry them away, they are vulnerable to kidnapping. Dive into the heart of crime with Foul Play Crime Series. Immerse yourself in the most perplexing cases where each twist and turn is more baffling than the last. With riveting storytelling and detailed analysis, Foul Play brings the unsolved and unexplained to life, captivating your imagination. Listen to Foul Play Crime Series now, where every story is a puzzle waiting to be solved. Killer Podcasts, and Slow Burn Media Production. Subscribe today, wherever you get your favorite shows.